Hello, and welcome to God's Unfolding Promise to Renew the Whole Universe, the official podcast of Grace Lutheran Church's Confirmation Class. In this week's class, we are looking at chapter 11, Manna and Mercy for All, in which Jesus, which begins with Jesus' speech in Nazareth at the synagogue. He is asked to read the scr- from the scroll of Isaiah. Actually, I think he's asked to read, and then he picks out this a particular passage on the scroll of Isaiah. In this case, Isaiah being the prophet Isaiah from the Old Testament. And he reads about the good news of the poor and the acceptable year of Yahweh. Uh, there was something about um, sight to the blind, the lame shall walk, the prisoners shall go free. Depending on your, the translation of the Bible you're reading, that might sound a little different. But the one thing that really does seem to be clear is that this is jubilation year language. And in fact, not just any jubilation year, but the kind of the 50th jubilation year. And this is a, an idea that comes out of the Old Testament. It's actually kind of prescripted, prescribed within the Old Testament, within the Pentateuch. And it is, and honestly, we don't know if it was ever really practiced within ancient Judah or ancient Israel, or exactly where it kind of comes from. I think there have been, there is some evidence to suggest that every once in a while, some of the kings of the ancient Near East, when coming into power, would essentially kind of call a year of jubilation. They probably called it something different because they spoke a different language and would have different words for different things but essentially would kind of reset um, or forgive debts. And that's really what uh, this jubilation year is ultimately all about. It's kind of a reset for society. So originally, at least as the story goes, again, probably not historically, but as the story of the Bible goes, after the people have been liberated from slavery in Egypt, they have wandered through the wilderness, and now as they come into the land, each kind of clan or family group is assigned a plot or a tract of land. That land is meant to be that family's land for eternity. It is meant to essentially ensure that everyone within this new way of being a kingdom, a nation, has access to the necessities that they are that they need in order to survive. In an agrarian society, land is, you know, first and foremost. Uh, so you can grow the crops that you need to survive, or if you don't grow all the crops you need to survive, you can grow more than what you need in one area, and then you know trade with your neighbor for if you grow if you grew corn, you can trade your neighbor for some beets or carrots or something that they had extras of. So basically, everybody would have um, the very the very necessities of life at hand and be able to produce those. In an ideal life, that's the way things would go. As you know, the world is often not an ideal world. And especially in the ancient world, there were things like famine, uh, things like uh, insect plagues, locusts, that sort of thing, where it would come and kind of wipe out crops. Uh, perhaps somebody needed to had some unexpected expenses or whatever, and was unable to either was unable to buy the seed that they needed. Uh, in ancient worlds, they would oftentimes keep some of those seeds, but perhaps they got the mice got into those and, and ate most of their seeds during the winter months or the summer months, whenever their non-harvest, non-planting seasons were. 
and now you're having now you would have to sort of borrow money to continue well you didn't have a whole lot of other collateral and so the land would then kind of be put up uh, for borrowing as collateral and if you had a famine that following year after having one the previous year now you're really in trouble and you're probably going to default and now that land is going to go essentially to the person who who lent you the money to plant the seed well the way that all of this work is every 50 years there would be a reset so even if you did uh borrow against your land and you ended up losing that after 50 years that land would still be returned back to your family i mean you might have since passed on but your your sons your daughters your grandchildren whatever would now be restored to that piece of land and the value of the 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 loan would often be it would then kind of be determined on how often it is between those at least again according to the story within the bible and so it really was it really meant to kind of be kind of the societal reset that brings everything back not necessarily to equal but uh, to a place of equity where everyone has sort of the access to the necessities of life that they need to have a not just at a subsistence level but that they need to have a good high quality life and things this even also worked with uh slavery that there would be because slaves in the ancient world were often more of a debt slave as opposed to what we're more familiar with here in north america which was kind of a, a racial based slave system but with debt slavery if you didn't have enough money for a couple of years to keep the land or to buy enough food or what have you you could sell yourself to a family that did and as a slave and they would essentially give that money to you or to your family and then you would work for them for a set number of years and at most it would uh, it would be about seven years and so every seven years then things again would be reset and then the with the land it was seven times seven years which is that kind of 50 year or 49th year uh sort of concept and so that's what it is that jesus is talking referring to when he quotes from this passage from isaiah so from luke's perspective because the story is in luke uh, 4 10 through 22 jesus is sort is really meant to be this reset of all of society so that not just a few people have manna and not just a few people receive mercy but it is manna and mercy for all and that sounds absolutely great i think everybody as sort of dan erlander's chapter presents it within the synagogue who heard that were like fantastic yay about time Woohoo! you know they're cheering and but then jesus also mentions that not only is this for kind of the in group of people the, the the group of people who have been faithful through this time who have done the correct and the right things uh who have you know shown up at for confirmation class or their equivalent of confirmation class when they are supposed to uh who have kind of done the reading that they're supposed to um etc but this is for everybody that if it if if this reset was only for uh the select few that really doesn't change anything because that's the way society has always worked but what jesus is presenting is a world that has been turned upside down uh quite literally in the case of some of the parables that then are 
briefly referred to on page 44. Uh, and one of these, I think in particular, is the little yeast leavens the, the whole loaf. And the way to sort of think of this is um, you can kind of either think of it in terms of the yeast being holiness, in which just a, no matter how big that, how much dough you have, that yeast is still going to cause it all to rise. Or you can almost even think of it the other way. If um, if you live in a tradition, as in some ways I think ancient Judaism may have had strands within this set with this way, where unleavened bread was kind of closer to holy, or is the bread that you are supposed to eat, and leavened bread was sort of not as pure, then essentially what we have is kind of an equality with that yeast being in there, is now you kind of have everything has been contaminated. Everything, and, and this is essentially, I think, what Jesus is, this is the upside downness of this world that Jesus is proclaiming. Is that it's not, is that everybody has been sort of contaminated by this world. And so we're all in the same spot, no matter if we have been to 10 confirmation classes or this is the, the one and only one that we are going to make. And now you begin to see how a reward at the end of the year for making all of the confirmation classes that then goes to all of the students is perhaps doesn't seem to be very fair. Um, but in fact, from Jesus' perspective, there is maybe not fairness, but there is an there is something that is I think merciful and uh, good about that. That it's not dependent on our actions, but it is in fact dependent on what God has done and is doing for us. That doesn't mean we sort of ignore all of these things that Jesus is telling the people to do uh, in the way that he wants them to live, but that those, but that, that life is what leads and helps us become to enjoy life in a new way, in a way that perhaps seems counterintuitive, perhaps even seems upside down, but it is sort of a new society, a renewed that is open to all, and it's the realm of God's extravagant grace, mercy, forgiveness, and compassion. Uh, a place where those labeled unworthy or impure are received unconditionally. A world of abundant manna shared by all. A re reality worth dropping all other commitments to joyfully receive. Uh, thanks for joining us this time, and I'll see you in class, if not before.